gentlemen this is the face of the hill the mouth of the bout the whole effing podcast don dibiase donnie delaware donnie jujitsu don strowman the don of a new nation the man that gravity remembered donnie boy smith donnie omega man lloyd superior the donna raja making moves making moves making 20 dollar moves the big sauce man donovan the lowdown lloyd and this is a Another episode of The Perfect Edge. Woo, a lot of things to talk about this week. First things first, Mia Khalifa is trash. You're not a good sports uh, pundit. You're trash at that. The show that you're on for Complex is trash. And I don't know what else to tell you, but I don't know who you think you are to talk about wrestling in such a disgusting fashion, but you are trash at what you do. So please don't talk about what others are doing. Especially those who are doing it well, and they're inviting you to free shows when those of us like me buy fake tickets and then can't attend the Royal Rumble. But that's for another time, people. Anyways, it's been a long week, a lot of work, a lot of things done, money lost. But you know, these are the facts of life. Anyway, get into some of the rumors that's been going on in the WWE, kind of the indie scenes, I guess you could say. Uh, we got Roman Reigns, who uh, apparently uh, has been named as someone in a steroid ring, which is, <laughs> I don't even know what that, it's kind of funny, but at the same time, it's not, because it's like, you you have a ring for steroids, like, typically, yeah, a drug ring, you don't. Well, I mean, they didn't say drug ring, but typically when you hear rings revolving drugs or usage of something to this sort, you don't think steroids, but it's not for me to say whether I think he did it or not, because I don't have an actual opinion of whether he did it or not, but uh, Roman's on doing a lot of good things right now, so I just hope it, you know, it blows over, it is what it is, and I hope he really hasn't been a part of the ring and that he's just been, you know, doing everything the natural way. Anyways, uh, Jay Uso apparently was arrested for driving drunk or something to that sort. Jay, just uh, get an Uber or a Lyft or something, man. Or, you know, have your brother or, you know, your sister-in-law drive you. I don't know. You don't want to be locked down for something so stupid. So, let's do better, bro. You know what I mean? You're on the road right now. You're attached here. You know what I mean? Shape it up. Shape it up. Or drink at home. I mean, there's always that option. Uh, he got a couple of signees, Ricochet, War Machine, Candice LeRae. Uh, there's also a couple of rumors out there that Trent Beretta is back and EC3 is, is at the Performance Center. So a lot of good people coming in. Um, 
I mean, what I, the only thing about when you see people like that coming in is it's it's a worry to me because it's like, all right, you guys have a lot of talent that's on your roster now, and I don't really see what you're really doing with them. Um, so it just really kind of worries me a little bit. Like, you know, you got Ricochet coming in. What are you going to do with Ricochet? Like, you you have, like, a lot of other guys that are really, really good on your roster, and you're doing nothing with them. So coming in, you're going to have Ricochet. You're going to put him over for a little bit, and then what, he's just going to fall in line with everyone else? Doesn't sound really appealing. But, I mean, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I don't have faith in WWE writing or booking, but we'll see what happens. Uh more than likely, these guys are all going to go to NXT, so we'll see how they kind of fit into the to the the plan there. Uh, we'll see if they'll start moving people up. Usually around, I guess, Mania season, you'll kind of start seeing them pop out sooner or later. So, I don't know. We'll see how everyone gets into the fold and how they play out. Um, What else do we got? I think that was probably about it for the most part. I just thought a lot of that was really intriguing, honestly. Um, mostly because the signings just bother me a little bit because I just don't understand what they're going to do with them. But, anyways, moving on to some other stuff. We had a little riff again between Daniel Cormier and the Young Bucks or people that are surrounding that match with the dropkick spot. Apparently, he was on that <clears throat> the MMA hour this week. And was asked a question about wrestling or something of the sort. I don't know because I didn't listen to it. I plan to. Haven't had the time to. But uh, something to the sort. He said something about the match. And uh, I think uh, Matt. No, not Matt. Nick. Nick Jackson. Um, I think it was Nick Jackson. Said something uh, on Twitter regarding to him. Like he's still worried. He's still bothered by that. Or something to that extent. And Cormier is pretty much like, I was asked about it. Stop playing with me, boy. Just kind of aggressive tone and talk. I, through message of Twitter and you just had you know different mixtures of people some people on Cormier side some people on you know the Buck side and just kind of defending it's just like it is what it is like it happened and you know it is what it is like it happened so just you know it was kind of entertaining to see you know the people tweeting back and forth it definitely caused a a great big not even a discussion because no one was really discussing anything everyone just pretty much saying Statements that would allude to them picking sides, but I don't know. I caught it. Thought it was funny. Pretty interesting. So, moving on. Uh, we had UFC 124 fight night, <clears throat> which uh, had a lot of good fights. I'm only going to talk about a few in particular. Um, one thing I thought uh, with uh, legendary... MMA fighter Matt Hughes, who um, apparently got into a bad accident, I think involving a train in his pickup truck, something to that extent, um, got into a real bad accident, uh, was welcomed back that uh, that night, um, and definitely to a hero's welcome, crowd just showing him mad respect, mad love, and just uh, just from kind of from the little uh, video that they've showed on him, like he's definitely made great recovery and from his injuries that he sustained from um, that he's um, had from the accident and um, just, you know, continue to pray for the guy. Um, much prayers to him. Definitely uh, was happy to see that he was, you know, walking on his own two feet and just just truly embraced by the UFC um, community and Dana himself. Was, that was just a dope moment to see. So glad to see open, uh, well, open after a fight 
with uh, something like that. It was definitely a good moment to see. Um, more, <clears throat> more in to some of the fighting. Uh, I've been talking about this person for a while now who has not fight, fought. Supposed to fight a couple times and for whatever reason has not. But she fought that night and uh, kind of like what I saw to some extent. But it was just kind of a rough night for her. And it's Paige Van Zandt who fought off against Jessica Rose Clark. And I got to say, for the most part, Paige looked pretty good in this fight. Um, she got taken to the ground a few times, which was uh, really tough. She got caught into a chokehold for quite some time, which I like for a great, great duration of time in the first round where she was uh, <clears throat> in a chokehold and then eventually was able to get out. She also got into a, a triangle hold at... Um, think around the second round and she was in that for quite a while as well and was able to survive through that um but as far as the third round when it, it got really tough for her, um even though it's it's so awkward it, it got tough for her because she she broke her wrist i believe is what the report said in the first round so she pretty much fought through two rounds with a broken wrist into the third round i think after the second round is when she uh told her coaches like hey something broken my my arm in the first round like so she pretty much fought a whole round and probably a half with a broken wrist and it was clear on the third round like I don't know if Jessica Rose Clark could tell but she just like I'm pretty sure she's seen after a while but she just was not using her right hand like at all she was trying to throw every kick she could she was throwing straight left hands but the right hand actually she did try to use her right hand at one point she was trying to throw a flurry and it was just like you could tell like it was just like she completely regretted doing it. Um, but total trooper in that fight, fought with one hand in the third round and actually won that round. She didn't win the fight, but she won that round. So, but truly some, I mean, just, just toughness, pure toughness. Um, and that's all I can say about Paige Van Zandt. Hope she heals well, gets back in the octagon soon and gets a win. I personally think she probably could have beat Jessica Rose Clark. Um, maybe if she didn't have that injury, um, and I feel like maybe she was kind of masking it for a long period of time until that third round where it was just pretty evident she couldn't hide it anymore. But I'm still a fan of Paige Van Zandt. I hope she gets back to that guy soon and has a speedy recovery. But um, also, in, at the end of the fight, uh, Rose Clark was talking about a couple of days before her fight that someone broke into her house and stole like $30,000 worth of stuff and killed her cat. And it's just like, what kind of world do we live in? Like, Jeez, like not only did you steal thirty thousand dollars worth of stuff, but you killed the woman's cat. Like, who who raised you, people? That is just it's it's unnecessary, man. Just super unnecessary. And I, prayers out for her as well. That you know that I've been robbed. Uh, it's not a fun feeling at all. It's very it, it leaves you in a lot of paranoia. So just yeah, it's not a good feeling. So definitely feel where she's coming from and. Hope everything goes well for. Uh, moving on to, I want to see what else do I want to talk about? Do I want to talk about that fight? No, I don't want to talk about that fight. I want to talk about this fight. So I want to talk about Jeremy Stevens versus Do Who Choi, which was a really good fight, in my opinion. Well, in anybody's opinion, if you've seen the match, then you know it's a great fight. Um, both guys are definitely just letting their hands go, throwing kicks. They started out with a lot of leg kicks, and leg kicks are just one of those things where you see them in fights. It's just like it's you kind of wince 
at home like watching it because it just like the sound it makes is just ugh, it's, it's not a good sound but they started off with a lot of those definitely were letting their hands go these guys were definitely you know trying to go for the knockout early both landed some good punches Stevens was pretty much the one who drew for first blood from a couple of the punches that Choi landed on him um Choi landed a, a mean front leg kick at a certain point that definitely rocked Stevens head back and it was just like definitely a good highlight to see um, but mostly these dudes were just definitely letting their hands go, throwing a lot of punches. Uh, Stevens definitely lands a, t- a couple tough punches on Choi that really started catching him off guard at a certain point. Then he, out of nowhere, just lands a huge punch in the second round that knocks Choi to the ground. Choi tries to evade from some of the elbows. He Stevens starts throwing one elbow and he just kind of lands on him. Then he trying to he kind of gets him back. Choi kind of gets Stevens back for a second, and, and Stevens backs up, and then he just unloads a super hard right to Choi's face, and you could just see Choi curl over and try to protect his face, and it's just like pretty much the fight's over at that point. Like the the shot just pretty it just rocked Choi, and you could just tell like he was not going to recover from it. He was just like completely out and just trying to protect his face and the ref luckily got in the way in enough time because Stevens was definitely was following up with another right hand that was really going to rock and hurt him so um but all in all it was just a good fight it was a dope fight to see um honestly it looked like it could have went either way at a certain point um but Stevens just pushed through it and was able to land a really tough shot and able to get the victory Duke jumps over the cage after he wins Hops on the platform, hops off the platform onto his, I'm guessing it's his father-in-law, like like a child into his father's arms, and they both like go flying back into a chair, and it was hilarious. You need to see it, so you can go ahead and do your Googles or your YouTubes and check that out. Moving on, um, this was one of the weeks where Raw was pretty much better than SmackDown. And it will be kind of hard for me to debate when you got Braun Strowman just doing the most entertaining things in the world within the first hour. Well, the first hour that I watched it Raw, I know it's three hours, but I typically only watch two hours of it. But it was just amazing. Like Braun Strowman starts off open coming out to the front and Kirk telling him that he's fired and Brian just immediately just starts going off. Like he goes in the back and acts like he's leaving. And then, you know, he gets to the door and the security's trying to tell him he has to leave. And Brian just starts throwing, throwing grown men like they're rag dolls, like legit rag dolls. Throws like one dude into the wall, throws another dude into another wall. Throws one guy up on a platform somewhere like far off in a distance one guy tries to run away. Brian runs after him, hawks him down. It's not even far distance. Gets him, throws him into a table, then throws the guy up in the air. The guy literally throws him up in the air. And probably if Brian misstepped probably by an inch, the guy probably would have landed on the gate. The guy completely goes over the gate and drops into a table, and the table breaks. It was the most hilarious thing I've seen in my life. It's not the most hilarious thing I've seen in my life, but it was pretty dang hilarious. Probably, I haven't laughed at something like that probably since Kane pulled the chairs down on Braun at tables out of the chairs. 
And I just thought it was so, it was just like cartoonish, like to see someone literally get thrown, a grown man at that, get thrown up in the air and then drop down into a table. And just like, literally, like he was like lifeless, like it was just the funniest thing in the world. Then he goes and destroys Kurt's, Kurt's office, just throwing chairs and just, oh man, it was just so funny to see like. I don't know why, like, it was just funny because, like, he wasn't looking for Kirk in his office and Kirk wasn't there. So, it was just, like, it made me think, like, where is Kirk? Like, all the stuff is going on. You have to know the stuff is going on. So, then he goes into catering and throws Kurt Hawkins through a table and then eats cake from the cake guy. And the funny thing about the cake guy, the cake guy just, like, was in the scene and, like, the whole time that Braun was around, he did not move. He stood still. And the funny thing is, like, every time that someone moved in the area where Braun was, he attacked them. This one guy figured out the code to just stay still, and Braun walked away. So the smartest guy in this whole equation is the K guy, apparently. Anyway, then we get to the part where it was kind of cool, but at the same time, like, uh, come on. Where Brock flips over the uh the the I don't know if you would call it a tanker or what do you would call it. Anyway, he flips over this huge Mack truck without the uh oh yeah, he goes into the uh the 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 in the booth where the monkeys are uh running the show, uh and Brian is literally trying to cut the show off and ruin the show, which I thought was just hilarious. He's just telling these people to move and they're all frantic. Then he walks he he walks through a door, bumps into the door. And gets mad at the door and says, freaking door. And when soon he walks in, there's this random chick that just screams like super loud and obnoxiously, which is still funny to me. And then tells everyone to leave out. But he still doesn't know how to work the equipment. So then he finally leaves the the, the room and everyone just kind of like a break, like not moving right away because they're not sure if he's coming back in or not. And then you just see the place shake. And Brian just has detached the truck from the the from the trailer, and then you see Brian pushing the tra- the truck over slowly but surely, and it was like obviously this isn't believable, but at the same time it's kind of cool to see. And I don't know what WWE is paying insurance, but they flip like at least two or three cars over a year, and I I mean I guess you can do what you want when you have a billion dollar company. Then eventually, comes from the back. Actually, it's not even eventually. I think it was like seconds later. He screams in, in, in Kurt's face. And then he walks off. He kicks two trash cans. And then he comes out to the arena. He comes over to the announce table. The funniest thing, as as Booker T, Michael Cole, and Corey Graves are are moving away from the table, Michael Cole kind of like grabs on the Booker T. Booker T does like a, a mild stiff arm and swishes and swats Michael Cole's hand away, which causes Michael Cole to fall. And because Michael Cole moved, he didn't figure out the code. Brown picks him up and attempts to launch him, I guess. Kurt comes out. So Stephanie McMahon, this is the only thing I like that Stephanie McMahon has done recently, by the way. Stephanie McMahon, Stephanie hired you back. You're not fired. You're hired. Brian starts to walk away, and then he throws Michael Cole into all the security guards that are on the side of the stage. And I thought that was just hilarious because Michael Cole was terrible at taking mumps. 
And it was just super funny because you literally had. And the funny thing is, they threw them in the security guards. You hear two of the security guards going, it's okay. We got you. We got you. You're all on the ground. You are all on the ground. So there's no, you're in a worse predicament than him because he's on top of you. So anyway, just hilarious to me. Also, the only other things on Raw that really intrigued me were the Revival's promo. Now, the Revival are two guys on this network, the Matt Madness Network, that I, Donovan the Lowdown Lloyd, has put everyone onto because these are my guys. I put them over on this network, and they were great. Unfortunately, they had some setbacks because of injury, which happens, and now they're back. And that promo that they had was definitely trying to set them apart from everyone else that was in the tag division on Raw. Just completely disregarding the whole uh, sports entertainer thing and just claiming that they are wrestlers. And I think I love these guys the most because I like Arn and Tully, and they kind of remind me of Arn. They don't kind of. They remind me of Arn and Tully. They're just straight up wrestling in your face, period. No extra stuff, no additives, just straight, pure wrestling. Tag team wrestling great at that. Um, so just kind of hearing what they were saying and just kind of disregarding the whole sports entertainment thing and saying we are professional wrestlers, it just set them apart from everyone else in the tag division. And it definitely, I think, set a little notice to everyone else in the division that these guys are legit. They're coming and they're not in for all the nonsense. They're there to wrestle. They're there to be great. And this is why I love these guys from the beginning. Uh, Matt Hardy's entrance was pretty dope. I I, th- I said it last week. I don't think I talked about it on the show. But I said it in my mind, so now I'm saying it out loud in public. I love Matt Hardy's entrance. Um, the music is great. Uh, it's it's I think it's over in a way, but I feel like it it's kind of late, and I feel like people are doing it because they know like what it is. But I feel like the whole I don't know. I just and it could just be me. I don't know. But I just feel like it's it's going to run its course very quickly. Um, and it's great. It's great. Don't get me wrong. It's great. But I don't know. I just feel like they need to up the ante with it. They need to do something else with it. Um, they're gotten with Bray Wyatt right now. And there's something, there's something they can do with these two. But it has to be something great because I feel like if it's not something great, it's going to waste away this character which already could be getting stale, or I think could get stale quickly. Not could be getting stale, but could get stale quickly if they don't do something great with it. So that's just my piece on that. Other than that, Seth Rollins hit the curb stomp, or the blackout, whichever one you want to call it. Uh, it's a move that he's used for a long time. I think he he definitely started, he definitely used it in NXT. I'm pretty sure he used it on any scenes. I've seen a couple of matches. I've definitely seen him use it before. So... And uh, I just think, uh, I mean, it's amazing. I, I know everyone that popped for it, anyone who's seen him use it or anyone who's in the know of seeing him use it, had popped for it because it was a banned move as far as we knew. And I don't know. It's definitely been great than the whole knee-to-the-face thing. So, if you're gonna, and the pedigree, I'm just super glad he stopped using that, especially since, you know, he wasn't under Triple H's tutelage anymore. So, yeah, I'm I'm just glad. I hope they continue to let him use a curb stomp. I don't know. I guess they found a way to do it where it doesn't hurt people or something and make it look good. I thought it was great, the one that he did. It looked great. So let's hope that they keep continue to let him use it. 
Um, and I found a story that Chris Jericho kind of played into the fact of AJ, AJ Styles being able to use a style clash. So you can go on YouTube and search that as well. It's interesting stuff. I watched a lot of clips about Jericho talking on people this week, and I was highly entertained. Uh, as far as SmackDown goes, I really don't have a whole lot to say about SmackDown this week. Um, yeah, it just kind of I, I skimmed through, skimmed through quite a bit. Um, I watched uh, Xavier Woods and Jinder Mahal, and I think that's the only match that I watched out of the little tournament thing. Uh, I really didn't care to see Bobby Roode and Jinder Mahal because I already knew that they were going to put the title on Bobby Roode. There was really no surprise there. I was hoping that they would kind of put it on Jinder and and really give him something interesting to do, but I think we all knew in our heart of hearts that they were going to put the uh, title on Bobby Roode. And I find it super intriguing that in New uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling and in WWE, both of the United States champions, they are what? They are Canadian. And I'm pretty sure I said this before on record. Canadians are great wrestlers. Probably the best wrestlers. Maybe the best wrestlers. Even though Bobby Roode, in my case, is not that great of a wrestler anymore. Uh, I definitely watched him back in the TNA days, but I don't really remember most people's work back then, the only person that, only two people I can remember from back in those days that I really liked were AJ Styles and Samoa Joe. Um, there were a couple other guys, but I don't remember them offhand. So, but those two I definitely remember some of the stuff they did and was intrigued by. And I mean early TNA, not like when they were about to leave and, you know, I mean like early TNA. So... Anyway, the tag team segment with uh the Usos and Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable, which they should probably get a name. That's kind of long. They should probably get a tag name. Um, but anyway, um, that was good. I thought that was great. But the little rivalry that these two tag teams have going is really really good. Um, it's really I would have liked to see some sort of match this week with them, but I mean the promo set was pretty good. I won't complain about it. It just builds to. The match that they're gonna have, which I will be excited to see. Honestly, what my I'm I'm kind of excited to see what they do with Jason Jordan and and Seth and in the bar as well. Jason Jordan is super entertaining, by the way. I skipped over that on Raw, but Drakeson Jordan is hilarious. Drakeson Jordan is entertaining, and he's killing it. I was skeptical about what they were doing with him at first, but I feel like they found a niche for him. They felt they found out what they're going to have him do, his character. And I like it. I love it. It's it's good. It's funny. It's hilarious. It's intriguing. And I just, it, it makes you want to see what they're going to do with him next week. And well, I got to get credit where credit is due. WWE did a good one with that one. So anyway, moving back into uh, Mix Max Challenge is something that I watched I uh, wasn't too sure if I was going to, but I said, hey, why not? Uh, it's not that long. So, had Finn Balor and, well, you had the Boss Club, Finn Balor and Sasha Banks versus Nakamiawa. I think that's what it was. I think I said something else in my notes, but I think it was Nakamiawa. I think on my notes I put Paul Kamora. 
But, I mean, either way, it doesn't matter. They're both stupid. Um, Not both of them, but both of the names are stupid. Um, Which is Natty and Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, Match was pretty good. I mean, it was what it was. It was a good match. Um, My favorite spot out of it was definitely um, Sasha going for the the tope and Shinsuke catching her. And she just kind of freaking out about it, saying, you serious, you serious? And him placing her ever so gently onto the ring apron. And her getting up and acting like she's going to jump again. And Shinsuke ducking out and her landing on Natty. Natty, uh, when she's not doing the whole cat crap and she's just genuinely being heelish and doing heel stuff, it's 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 good. But it's just, I don't know. The whole cat thing is just, it's it's it does nothing for me. It really annoys me that they have her. I mean, cool. She loves cats. That's great. But the whole cat thing is just... It's super annoying to me, and I really don't like it. I don't I like. I really feel like she could be more heelish than what she. I feel like she's holding back her heel, and it's just like because we know she's genuinely nice. But I feel like I don't know. It's like a Coella Deville type thing, almost of some sort, suffers with a cat. But I just really want her to just be full blown heel, be more heel than what she is right now, and I feel like she could be more heel, but. She's just, I don't know. She's, I feel like even though she's a heel, she's still kind of nice and it, it does nothing. So, anyways, um, other than that, moving into something that I've seen on the website, I had to do a homework project involving uh, maintenance or a review of a website. And of course, in true fashion, I chose WWE.com because I watch wrestling, so it's easy to write about because I watch wrestling. And kind of looking through, seeing some of the stuff that they have up on the website, I don't look at it as much, but I was intrigued by a lot of typical stuff that's already on there, highlights from the night before, the typical news that's already out there in the world, we know the signings, so on and so forth. But I happened to stumble upon uh, an article that said, the eight things we want to see in 2018. And I said, hmm, is it the things that we want to see or is it the things that we want you, as in you guys who are running the show, want us to say that you want us to... Hold on. Okay. Wait a minute, Don. Take it back. Rewind. Is it the things that you want us to see that you want us to see? Did I say that right? This is right. Is it the things that you want us? Oh, okay. Here we go. Is it the things that you want us to want to see? There we go. Got it. Sometimes you got to talk things out with yourself, people. That's how you get things together. Sometimes you got to have a conversation with yourself and make sure you're all right. So, um, but going down this list, a couple things that were kind of intriguing. Some things were, you know, I don't know if, well, we'll get into it. So, uh, number eight was Finn Balor challenges for the Universal Championship. And is it something that we want to see? Yes, more so now because he is with Gallows and Anderson. So, him getting the title and then I guess them getting tag titles at some point would be a great thing to see because it's pretty much what you were trying to do with the Shield. But being that Balor Club is pretty much a heel faction, it would be dope to put all the titles on them and have them run amok uh, throughout the company. And when Dean comes back, I guess, have the shield kind of 
in the forefront of doing something about it. And you can kind of have Jason Jordan trying to tag along or something. I don't know. I think, you know, that's good writing right there, right, guys? So, you know, just off the top of my head, wasn't even trying. Anyways, um, so, yeah, I think that's something that we indeed do want to see. Uh, number seven was the women of WWE main event, a big four show. And this is another one where I can disagree. I would absolutely love to see some women, uh, main event, the, a big four show. I mean, you got Royal Rumble, you got WrestleMania, you got SummerSlam, you got Survivor Series. I'm pretty sure what Survivor Series or SummerSlam at least we could get, you know, a women's main event match. Why not? Um, you definitely have enough talent there to do it. Um, even though you split up Sasha and and Charlotte, which I think would who you could get them together and they could really tear the house down doing doing something great. But I mean there's other talented women around who you can do something with. Um so I think that's something that people would definitely be on board to see if you booked it right and had a good bill for it. Um Kurt Hawking snaps his losing streak. I don't really care uh, about Kurt Hawkins' losing streak. Why would you put that in the category of category of things we want to see in 2018? We do not care about that. We don't necessarily want to see that. Like, um, I don't know. I'm not on the Kurt Hawkins train, so maybe it's just me. Maybe it's not. Maybe I'm speaking for the new nation that I'm the Don of. Um, I don't know. I just, that was dumb to me. I personally do not even care about that. So, number five, we got John Cena goes for title number 17. I felt like they gave him title number 16 too quickly. Um, and I don't really think I want to see him get 17. Not to say that I'm hating on him and he doesn't deserve 17. Maybe he does. But I don't know if I want him to once surpass Flair. And this is, I'm not being a nostalgia freak. It's just, it is what it is. I don't know if I want to see him pass Flair. Um, I feel like no one should pass Flair. Um, but I guess if someone is going to pass Flair, Surprisingly, Cena would be the guy to do it. I would think Triple H would kind of get himself over that hump, but I mean, Cena is closer because he's tied with him. I don't know. I feel like you should kind of just kind of keep it where it is. Just let him get another title or something. I don't know. If he does win it, would I be mad? No. Um, but I don't know. I just, I don't know. Wouldn't mind it, but it is what it is. Um, I don't know. I don't see that happening right now. I'm not saying that it's not possible. They can easily get there by the end of the year, but um, I don't. I don't know. Like unless he's retiring like within a year or two. I don't know. I just feel. I I feel like they gave him number sixteen too quickly, in my personal opinion. So, but it is what it is. Um, number four, free agency opens up to more superstars, meaning like I guess the the. Contracts up and them getting shining to signed to multiple uh, uh, different shows, um, and I think that would be really dope and more interesting to see. We got a couple switches last year, but I think there it'll definitely be 
more interesting to see like the managers actually trying to recruit different stars and I don't know, make it a deal. Like even on online, make it an online deal, you know, have people like kinda running in the guy somewhere and just kinda talking to him or disgruntled um uh superstars um going and talking and taking meetings with the other show. Just something different. Like this it it's it, it helps create a story and I think that that's something that people would want to see or people do want to see and I think there's a lot of leg room to do something with those with that type type of storyline of you know free agency and just being able to recruit different guys and stuff like that so as long as it doesn't get super crazy no pun intended um as far as wrestling goes but yeah I think there's there's a lot that you can do with that um moving on number three Batista turning for one more run or one more match. Um, Batista. I did not dislike Batista. Don't know how. I mean, I wouldn't be against him coming back, I guess. I don't see why he would come back. You're in a Marvel franchise. It's not like you need money. Because I'm pretty sure you're like. Batista bombing in cash right now. Um, so I don't know. Um, I wouldn't be against it. It would be dope. Like, even if he piled up at the Royal Rumble, I think that would be dope. Um, I don't know how long he would be around because I'm pretty sure that you're shooting some sort of you're in Marvel like universe. So, um, but I don't know. I wouldn't be against him coming back. I think it'd be dope, especially like if it's something like a Royal Rumble or something like that. I think it'd be dope. Um, I'm not against it. It is what it is. Um, number two is women tag titles. I personally, I know that there's some people who feel like maybe they shouldn't have titles, but I'm like, there's so many women on the main roster. There's more that could come up. And I feel like fighting for just the main title, especially when you have them in like six women tag matches and tag matches and da da da, because you have so many women, why not implement? some sort of titles, whether it be a mid-title or some tag titles, why not build up those divisions so that they can have multiple titles as well? I know that a lot of titles are kind of tarnished or they're not really doing much with them right now, but I feel like the women, there's so much that you can do with them, especially if you add titles to them. I think that would be something that would be really, really dope. Um, But... That's one of the things where we kind of have to sit back and wait and see what the WWE would do in that regard. Um, Number one was John Cena versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania. And whoever wrote this article is about, what, three years late? Probably about three years late. We wanted that about three years ago, if not two years ago. Um, And at this point, it's like, it's kind of... Just let Taker stay away. Let him let him retire. Let the man be retired. Let the man stay retired. You had him lose to Brock. You had him lose to Roman and then put the coat and such in the middle of the ring. Don't bring him back. You gave him the curtain call. You let him in with Roman. Let it be. Let it be. He doesn't need to come back and wrestle Cena. We wanted it three years ago. You missed the mark with it. You didn't do it. Let it go. Let the guy stay retired. He doesn't need to be on stretchers and going to the hospital after matches anymore. Just let him let him go. Let him let him be retired. Um, 
And that's just my honest personal opinion. If they do it, would I be hyped for it? Sure, because it's a match we wanted to see. I don't know how truly great it'll be. Um, I don't doubt it. But, you know, it is what it is. Taker's older. He's not as young as he used to be. Pretty sure he can still pull off of his moves. But, you know, I don't know. I just don't think it's it's okay. We we It's okay. I don't think we need it. Especially at this point when we wanted it for years and we didn't get it. Um, I don't know. I feel like if it's possible, I don't know. And I think that's all depending on the timeline. If Cena is really going to retire soon or something like that, and that's his last match, then I think that'd be something that'd be dope. But if not, you're just trying to do something to get Pete Butts in the seat for Mania. Let Taker stay, let him stay retired and figure something else out. Let him figure something else out. Think in my ending news, uh, William Goldberg is the first entrant into uh, the Hall of Fame this year, and um, so as a child, I liked Goldberg. There's two guys I liked. They were both bald. They were both dominant in their respectives of uh, wrestling. So William Goldberg. And it was Stone Cold Steve Austin. I like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, great bit more than uh, Goldberg. Uh, because he was just he was Stone Cold Steve Austin. And if you were watching back in the day, then you can understand why. And you would know why you like Goldberg more. I mean, uh, sorry. Woo! Sorry, Ron. Uh, why you like Stone Cold Steve Austin more. Um. Pretty much like Goldberg because to me he was just a freak of nature on WCW who kind of won against everyone and beat everyone. So that was pretty much my thing. But as I became an adult and kind of start to see interviews and you realize Goldberg really, really didn't wrestle. He really couldn't wrestle. Uh, he had about two or three moves. Um, and... You kind of had to draw back at that point and go, well, for what he was, he was he was good um, as far as the spectacle of what he was. But uh, as far as wrestling, I can no longer really put him in my favorites because he really didn't wrestle. So I'll leave it at that. I'm not a huge fan of Goldberg anymore for what he did in WCW. I respect it because he pulled off many matches with three moves or in regular movement, I guess. But, uh, yeah, as far as that goes, what they did with him last year, I hate it. I didn't like that they brought him back. I definitely didn't like that they put the put the title on him. Um, but WWE will do what they do. Um, as far as putting him in the Hall of Fame, I guess... There's a lot of other big names that you could have went with on the first ballot point. Um, but I don't know. We'll we'll see who else they throw in there. Like the past couple years, I personally want China to go in. Um, I'm trying to think who else would I want China to go in. I wouldn't mind seeing. One of the Hollies go in, crash. 
uh, Bob. I don't know if Molly's in or not. That would be dope too to see Molly go in. Um, trying to think who else would be interesting to see go in. I wouldn't mind seeing. Shoot, I mean, is Terry Runnels in? Terry Runnels, I think, would be. Why not see her go in if she's not in already? Um, hmm. I think for me, mainly though, I really just want to see. I want to see China go in. Um. Because I feel like it's just it's it's way overdue, um, especially even since she's she's passed away. It's it's way overdue. Um, she definitely deserves to go in. Shoot, X Pac, he's the last one of 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 the the clique that's not in. Put X Pac in. X Pac deserves to go in. He was in both uh two two of the huge major factions of the Monday Night Wars. He was in DX and in NWO. If for nothing else, the man played his cards right and ended up in two great groups. So X Pac should go in. China definitely should go in. She should have won in the year that I think Beth Phoenix won in. Um, but it is what it is. Other than that, I'm trying to think. Rob Van Dam should go in. If he's I mean, if he's not gonna come back and wrestle, he should go in. Uh that's just my personal opinion. Taz can go in. So, you know, another choice out there. Maybe it's because I'm ECW guy. But I mean there's mad people that can go in. Um so I don't know, we'll wait and see as you know, time goes on, we'll see who goes in, who they'll put in and you know, well it'll be what it is. What it is, I just really hope that they do the right thing and they put China in this year because I'm pretty sure that I'm not the only one. There's many people I'm sure that want to see her go in. She deserves to go in. We want her to go in. That's something that we do want to see in two thousand eighteen. We want to see China go into the Hall of Fame. She deserves it. Period. So, as we come to a close, make sure you go and check out the Mad Madness Weekly Show. Make sure that you go and check out False Count Anywhere. Make sure that you check out Josh Prepuguina's YouTube page as we have uh, multiple vlogs now from different things. We have uh, the newest vlog is about uh, figure hunting with Aaron Alo Lloyd and uh, Josh Prepuguina, Preptagon Jr., as they go figure hunting here in Delaware, where I'm from, uh, we have another vlog about uh, from us at House of Hardcore and uh, Icons, I believe, in November. So, just dope, dope content. Josh is doing a great job with that. So, make sure you guys go and check that out, like it, give it thumbs up, so on and so forth. As well as when you go to the Mad Madness page, um, make sure you like, subscribe, leave comments, so on and so forth. Do all that great stuff. And for Ek2Fly and 6-5, who decided to diss Delaware in this uh, week's show of Matt Madness, you guys keep talking that trash, and you're going to get these hands. Anyway, this has been the face of the hill, the mouth of the bout, the whole effing podcast, Don DiBiase, 
Donnie Delaware, Donnie Jiu-Jitsu, Don Strowman, the Don of a New Nation, the man that gravity remembered, Donnie Boy Smith, Donnie Omega Man, Lloyd Superior, the Donna Raja, making moves, making moves, making $20 moves, the Big Sauce Man, Donovan the Lowdown Lloyd, and this has been another episode of The Perfect Edge. Holla! If you hear me, this is bigger than me. Yeah, I'm just making it clear. Give me the space in the clear. When you see I appear, got that black and white gear. And we in the fifth gear. And you know we don't care if they whip or they against. We don't mean to make offense, but yo, we mean with our offense. The scene is finna switch. My team got it on clinch. If the scene that you went green, then we gon' lean at your expense. This angle but has a twist. Gets to hear one for a real one. Left lane deals for a real one And they know the fake from the real ones yeah. You hear that guitar riff They switch up the stands quick They think we want Hollywood You can't understand it You see who I stand with My team is outstanding We came with a plan But see your plans with you handed You hear that guitar riff They switch up the stands quick They think we want Hollywood You can't understand it You see who I stand with My team is outstanding We came with a plan But see your plans with you handed it.